Bring out Elizabeth Selwyn. The tortured souls cried out in agony as the flames mounted higher and higher. Burn, witch, burn, witch, burn, burn, burn. Those I've said in these known today, the actual practice of witchcraft in the 17th century. Go. Let off some steam, right. Bennett. Go on. <laughs> Kill me now. Do it. Kill me, Do I'm it. here. Now we're mixing up movies. Actually, that was my fault, but it's... Uh... Stick it in me. <laughs> Get your ass to Mars. See all this going on in here. Get to the chopper. <laughs> No, it's not a tumor. <laughs> oh, well, happy birthday, uh, Mr. Schwarzenegger. And is it really? It was his birthday, I'm pretty sure, a couple of days ago. Oh. Okay. And uh, and in sad news, Wilford Brimley passed away. And if you don't know who the hell he is, uh, the big joke is that he had diabetes. But, That's right. But Will Brimley... Um, he was the man in in uh, the thing, thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, which is yep. And I posted on our Instagram about it. Um, it's my favorite horror movie. It's one of the best horror movies of all time, and uh, should get on that again and again and again and love it. Yeah, I like when when you asked me what my favorite was. Yeah, like I, I named. Uh, the second aliens which again it's arguable because I, I don't even know if it's really considered horror but it's just such a great movie but um and then you know i said uh, bram stoker's dracula because i really like the atmosphere um but then when i saw that you posted the thing i was like ah damn it forgot about that one <laughs> because that is such an excellent and it, it, here's the funny thing is and you i'm sure you know how it came out um, like within I think a week of ET, and it got pummeled. Oh yeah, yeah. It was a it was a failure. It was a commercial failure. It was. And only years later did people you know come to the realization that it's a it's a masterclass in horror. Well, dude, I mean, I I first was exposed to that movie probably on VHS, maybe nineteen eighty three. So. I mm. fell in love with that movie. Um, I had uh, we had gotten uh, made friends with um, the video store guy. I got a copy of it on VHS when I was a kid, and uh, wore the hell out of it. I mean, I, I've had <laughs> two VHS versions of it. I recorded it off of HBO, so I had a bootleg uh. <laughs> copy of it. Uh, I got it on DVD when DVDs first came out. I have three versions of the Blu-ray. And it's just a wow. I'm just massively obsessed with that movie. I love it. It's my favorite horror film of all, all time. I mean, there's just like you said, it is a masterclass. And um, John Carpenter builds such tension, and there's such claustrophobia, and obviously Rob Bottin's special effects. I mean, people talk about it now, but it, it wasn't talked about back in the day, man. But but people who were obsessed with this, myself and other crazy um, friends of mine when I lived in Long Island and then first moved upstate New York, um, man, oh, man, we just couldn't get enough of this movie. So, 
It was. I mean, it, um, I just remember watching it over and over on HBO. Oh, yeah. It was, uh, it was one of those. You know, um, that's a funny thing. I, I, kind of, kind of changing the subject a little, but um, like when I was young and we had HBO and they'd keep repeating the same movies over and over and over yeah, again. Man. I think that was like in our with our generation that's why we always kind of tend to repeat lines with movies mm-hmm. you know ghostbusters for example it's like one of the most quotable movies ever and uh and we're just doing schwarzenegger you know and i don't think that that happens anymore even when things are memorable yeah. you know i think you're right and there was like this is also this generational gap i think in terms of how people watch movies yeah, we yeah. we were, you know, like I remember being a little kid and we talked about this too where everyone was asleep and I would sneak downstairs and go, you know, we didn't have the you know, the availability convenience. or convenience yeah. of a mobile phone that you could stream a movie or or TVs in every room that were connected to cable. We had one TV that was connected to the cable box and every other TV got just the first, you know, got 12 channels that you could watch and, and nothing was really, you know, accessible like you sneaking down there at one o'clock in the morning, everyone's asleep and you're watching horror movies or... You know, like um, Cinemax watching, uh, you know, um, softcore, <laughs> yeah, unrated films. I mean, I oh, yeah. probably saw, you know, I was twelve years old, I think, when I when I was first watching it. But I was I ex- was exposed to these movies at at a young age, and you're right, they didn't have a huge variety and so they played movies again and again and again it was on heavy rotation so i would watch these movies 10 15 30 times before i actually fell in love with it and had a copy of it myself you know we got a vcr that could record and immediately i went crazy we bought tons of blanks and i was watching the warriors um you know, I'm trying to think of some of the other films that we would watch, but Rumblefish, um, The Outsiders, Excalibur, um, you know, The Thing, Dawn of the Dead, and then tons and tons of other movies that you know many people today are probably like, oh, I've never even I've never seen that movie, and it's like, well, you need to get on that shit because you're missing out. Like we discussed earlier, 1990, The Bronx Warriors. Um, you know, Mad Max and The Road Warrior and all these other films that popped up on on cable. Cable was a staple of like it was it defined my movie watching life. And um You Yeah. You wanna get out of here? You talk to me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> still still I mean, uh we also talked about this, but uh still in my opinion the best of the uh Mad Max movies. I mean, yes. Mad Max um, Two, the Road Warrior. The Road Warrior. The uh, the new one, the latest one. I mean, fantastic. I loved that movie. It was excellent. Yeah, um, I agree. But I mean, I I think it's just maybe a quarter of a step below. <clears throat> excuse me, below the Road Warrior. Well, Road Warrior. Um, for me, I just it had this raw kind of punk aesthetic. Mm-hmm. It was so bleak, but the action sequences were just flawless like they were just everything about it was so good man mm-hmm. I, I i love that movie such a great one well uh, again i saw mad max first 
the original Mad Max film was my gateway drug into it, and I was only hearing uh, see, about uh, The Road Warrior released in the theater, and I hadn't seen it. Um, it wasn't really in my area, at least, in, you know, it was probably mm. playing in the city at the time, but I used to be able to kind of hoodwink my parents to take me to movies that I wanted to see, but <laughs> my mom is a huge horror fan, and so she you know, was all in on taking us to the theater to scare the crap out of us. I mean, I saw Poltergeist in the theater. <laughs> she took us to, when Jaws made a second uh, second around, you know, second round in the theaters, she took me to see Jaws. We saw, I saw Grizzly in the theater. Um, just tons and tons of horror or genre movies. You know, we didn't call them genre films back in the day. At least, you know, I didn't know anything about that, but that's really what they were. And, um, so we were super obsessed with that kind of stuff. And, you know, and I talked about, we talk about this all the time. Um, my first exposure was Blackula, and it was on TV. And my mom was like, oh, let's watch this. My grandfather was over, so me, my mom, and my, and my dad watched Blackula on TV. And it scared the living crap out of me. I was terrified of it. And I, that's really, I was probably eight years old almost nine years old when I first saw it. And that, you know, was kind of like a defining moment where I was like, all right, well, there are movies out there that aren't just the quiet, you know, Roger Corman, Vincent Price type films. There's movies out there that are going to scare the living shit out of me. And as a nine-year-old, as terrified as I was, I wanted more of it. So, you know, I got lucky when we moved to Long Island from Brooklyn that we had cable at that point because that, like I said, was... You know, that turned me on to everything. I think um, one of the earliest scary scenes that I remember from uh, being, you know, watching horror movies as a kid. um, I don't remember the name of the movie. I know once I describe the scene, you'll remember it. Mm -hmm. But um, they're eating barbecue from a skewer. And she jams the skewer into the dude's throat. I think that sounds like happy birthday to me. I think so. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure. I got it, yeah, it's I've seen so many horror movies as a kid that I I kind of forgot about that I need to rewatch, you know? That's one. Like I literally haven't seen that movie since I was a kid. Yeah, Happy Birthday to so, Me had the skewer in the mouth. In fact, I think that's the one sheet of the uh, you know, of that poster. That's right. That's right. Yep, I'm on I'm on uh I just Googled it, and that is uh, Happy Birthday to Me. So that's 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 actually a fun movie. And I think yeah. Ma- not Melissa Gilbert. Um, her, the, the girl who played her sister is... On uh, Little House? I, I forget the actress. on Yeah, the girl who played her sister on Little House is in that movie. I think she starred in that film. But, uh, ah, okay. I have to double check. Anyway, and just to let you know, just to backtrack before we get into, sorry we're kind of digressing here, but, you know, sometimes it pops up and we st- we want to talk about a few things that we think are, are pretty, pretty fun to discuss. But um, we were talking earlier about Aliens, and even though I don't consider Aliens to be a horror film, obviously it has horror elements to it, but uh, Aliens is considered to be an action sci-fi film, and so... But there's, uh, I, I say that there's probably more than enough horror elements, and obviously it, it has its influence in horror because of the Alien franchise itself. Um, 
But yeah, man, that's I, I saw Aliens in the theater when it first came out. In um, same here, yeah, and it was one of those defining moments. It was also like a game changer. You know, it changed the way you yes. spoke to your friends and joked around, and <laughs> and things that you were looking for in a film. This is what you wanted other movies to be, and so you know, I remember um, the scene the scene where. Um, Ripley and Newt are there. They they have gone to sleep, and then they wake up, mm-hmm. and they realize that the um, bottle with the face hugger, the container, had been opened up, and and they're stuck, and the things running after them, and, and then you see the the commandos on the outside. They're trying to break in. Yeah. I remember watching that and that scene. I was like, "Yo, come on, got it, got it!" And then once he blasted yeah. through with the with the machine gun with, with the, I was like, "Yes, get it!" <laughs> Yo, man, that that like Listen, that just there's a reason oh my why God. there's a reason why um, James Cameron is um, you know the talent that he is. I mean, he, I mean, Absolutely. and a weird thing, he Roger Corman kind of you know cultivated his talent mentored yeah him. he yeah. was a mentor yeah. for him and so he started just like a lot of other great directors um in that time frame but you know they were movie after um, movies after movie that that were released in the mid 80s that you just defined movie going you know for the last 30 years and you know terminator aliens uh predator all of these sci-fi horror mashups that we absolutely love you know are um you know really it's such influential gems and you're right there's so many lines in those movies so many great quotable uh actors um in in all of these movies i mean we, you say it ad nauseum i'll be back you know what i mean everyone says it it's after a while it's like a it's a fucking joke but it's still so much fun to say you know that you just don't stop. It is. It it became it became like part of our DNA, man. I mean, and you, I I don't know. It's just uh, it doesn't seem like there are many. You know, there are any real quotable movies anymore. Um, I'm trying to think. Maybe TV shows. Maybe. Uh, I, mean, I don't Game know. Game of Thrones was. Um, was quotable, you know, in, in some lines, mm. you know, like Tyrion's lines, like, I drink and I know things. Was yeah, a big that's meme true. For a while. That's and true. Some things like yeah. along those lines were, were fun. Um, right. But, you know, anyway, you know, the there's not necessarily, in the movie that we're going to discuss today, there's not necessarily um, some quotable lines. But what I do like about the movie I Am Mother which is a Netflix uh, original release that came out in 2019. I do like it, the influences it, which it wears on its sleeve. So if we want to dig into I Absolutely. Am Mother, um, and we were talking about you know the influence of 1980s sci-fi horror cinema, um, you know, obviously when Skynet becomes self-aware, everyone talks about that. Everyone knows it as a joke, you know, and the dates were remembered. And obviously we're way past the date Skynet was supposed to become self-aware. 
But that's the great thing about these retconning, uh, <laughs> these you know, add-on films. Besides the fact that they're really not as good as the original, and they can't ever hope to be. Um, oh, not yeah, not even close as the two or the two <laughs> the Cameron versions, yeah. the the uh, first and second. Yeah, yeah, anything after that. Although the show, in my opinion, was highly underrated. Man, yes, the uh, uh, Sarah Connor Chronicles. I'm a fan. I own them on on DVD. I, I, I those love were so good, man. So good. I I think they it was criminal that they, um, just. Cut, you know, stop the show on a cliffhanger. Yeah, they killed it, and that's what happens. It was a lot, so, so disappointing, often. man. It was oh, yeah. so so disappointing. That was show was really good. Great acting, great story. You know, there's tons of tension and action in those. Anyway, um, we're gonna <laughs> let's let's kind of let's focus. So, I am mother. Here's the premise. In the wake of humanity's extinction, a teenage girl is raised by a robot designed to repopulate the Earth. But their unique bond is threatened when an inexplicable stranger arrives with alarming news. Directed by Grant Sputori. This was, um, I guess, directed, you know, filmed in Australia and released on Netflix. Um, I put off on watching this for a while because, you know, you get burnt out um, on derivative crap you know what i mean and i'm never sure netflix is you know kind of hit or miss they have a lot of really bad stuff on there um i know it's like i love netflix excuse me but um it is it's (laughs) the numbers are just i mean come on for every good for every house of cards yeah you you get i don't know I don't even. I can't even mention the amount of dreck that I've yeah, seen on there. But, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately. But in this case, it was a pleasant surprise. Now you told me you're like, "Hey, did you ever see I Am Mother?" I'm like, "Ah, oh, you know, I I've seen. I didn't. I watched the trailer a bit, and that was unfortunate because if you watch the trailer, you see too much of what this movie is going to give you. Um, but I saw the trailer, and I was like, "All right, Hillary, Hillary Swank is in this." Um, she's, and she's always excellent. She is. There's a lot of um, when you see Hillary Swank in a film, her acting she em- just embodies the role. I always like her no matter what she does. Um, and she doesn't show up in this movie. I guess maybe close to f- you know forty fifty percent through the film, and then she mm. shows up. Yeah, about halfway in. Yeah, so she um, she's an interesting character, but um, this movie delivers. I was actually quite surprised with you know the tension the yes. ominousness about because we know you know we're always afraid that the robots are going to take over you know from humanity we talk about skynet becoming self-aware um well this movie kind of develops where you're like well wait a second this seems to be a benign um robot and she is there and she's you know going through these embryos and developing uh, raising children, um, and so you see the development of this mother-daughter relationship um, between mother, the robot, and daughter, the human embryo. <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the human embryo that she's in charge of, and you find out, you know, there was an extinction-level event. Humanity is you know, completely er er eradicated. This is a bunker. And this robot 
you know, has a, was the failsafe. She's there to, um, to ensure humanity's survival. But there's something ominous about it. You know, there's something very... And you know what? During the film, there are moments where Mother is going from one section of the bunker to the other, and she's running through the halls. Oh, yeah. And it's creepy as hell. It's creepy. As... <laughs> it really is, man. Holy like, Christ. she's like, just jogging. Just... Yeah. And she's this massive... You know, she's got this massive body mm-hmm. and and this very feminine but ice cold voice. Yes. It's just and 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 I think that's also what creates unease is that it it's um it it's disconnected, you know, her body with her voice. Right. But at the same time it's cold, so it, it's just it's perfect it's really really done well and yes when she's running it's just like oh my god that thing is <laughs> terrifying <laughs> and it's it like a, like you feel that's what you know a robot should be and and it's it's yeah. really I, I just i really enjoyed the movie and like you said the tension was just palpable yeah. really good and really what's good. really cool that i i learned after the fact because i wanted to read more about it so roseburn is the the voice of mother. That's right. Yes. Um, Luke Hawker is the body of mother because the 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 body obviously it's not an actual robot, but it's. Um, I heard Weta was in charge of the of the effects. That's right. And they That's did right. this body suit over this actor, and he was running a running through the, uh, you know the the scenes and the complex. And yeah, yeah, and so. It was it was really well done, and the the acting by Clara Rugard, which uh, she plays daughter in this movie, she I, in my opinion she stole the film. There was uh, she carried most of this film through, you know her, um, her actions um, through her facial expressions. She was she was very very good. I I enjoyed the acting like uh, you know. Yeah, because there are parts of that. Oh, yeah. There's not a lot of action in the beginning. It's like exposition. You see this robot raising this child. You know something is up. Um, and you exactly. And again, it's a slow burn, but never mm-hmm. boring. No, it's, never it's boring. Not there's boring. enough activity, right? There's enough activity going on and enough tension where your attention is always on the screen you're like all right waiting for things to happen yep. and and it uh, in my opinion it really does pay off yeah like um, and th- go ahead and the thing is with the robot is that she's doing things and you sense that there's something sinister about her but it doesn't really manifest itself spoiler 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 <laughs> until the, the very end you know, yeah. then you start to see, you know, what she was. I think if if I remember, because I have I I only watched it one time and that was a while ago. I think it was oh, last okay. year. Yeah. But um, she was programmed to do all this. So here's the thing, uh, you know, and we talk about spoilers all the time. You guys, you know, if you're listening to us on a regular basis now, I mean, you just be aware that we're going to discuss spoilers in this. And if you don't want to hear it, pause it. Watch this. And I do recommend watching it. Strongly. Yeah. Um, and then come back. And so now that you're back listening to this, um, or you <laughs> decided not to leave at all and you want to hear it, it doesn't matter. Um, um, so 
imagine Skynet is pro, you know, was programmed um, to obviously uh, be con, uh, a failsafe in case of an extinction level event, and Skynet says, "Well, humanity is the problem, and they're going to destroy themselves in the future." So let me take care of this now. So this AI decides that she's going to, she's self-aware, and she wipes out humanity. The, the Earth has been completely destroyed through nuclear war. And then she spends the next insert time frame here, because it's kind of ambiguous... Right. Um, she spends all her time creating human embryo, taking these human embryos, putting them, to, raising them. To recreate the species. And yep. she's been trying to recreate the species and repopulate the earth. What is slowly revealed over time is that, um, you know, daughter doesn't realize this, but she's not the first she wasn't the first. She's just the best of the ones that came before her. And so there we realize that, you know, eventually she realizes she goes into the laboratory and she you know, opens up one of the chambers and she sees like 10 missing or, or seven missing uh, embryos. And she realizes that, you know, she's number nine or whatever it was. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So she's also tested high. And then she went in and, and, and breaks into the lab and finds out that the previous embryos tested like at 72%, 78%, and she's testing at like a 98%. So the, the testing is all about the AI deeming these human beings worthy of repopulation. That's right. And, and then you're like, jaw drops. You're like, oh, man, this AI is fucking sinister. This is crazy. Um, and But the th that's the thing. Uh, what I really love is the intelligence of the writing, the, right. you know, the scenario. Um, it, it treats, you know, the whole thing, uh, you know, of, of how a machine would react to, to something like that, you know, based on, on the programming. It's set to, you know, solve the problems of humanity, and it realizes that humanity is the problem, and so it wants to create, almost like it's creating its own AI, you know? It's creating of, the perfect human beings. Exactly. And then, so Hilary Swank is inserted into this. She finds this bunker, um, and the daughter lets her in and hides her at first from mother. And then they go through all of these things. She's um, she's injured, and um, they go through a series of, of reveals, and they go back and forth where um, daughter doesn't believe mother, and she feels like she's being lied to, and, and there, there's this, you know, uh, revelation after revelation where there's, you know, these twists in the plot. Um, and then f ultimately she decides, you know what, she's going to escape with Hillary Swank's character, who's just listed as woman, um, and by the way, I like that. I like that conceit in um, in a film when they name these the character names aren't necessarily important. They are the role that they're playing. Um, exactly. Yeah. I mean, considering that this is post apocalyptic and Hillary Swank is living out there like a, as a you know almost like a cave 
person, you know, uh, <laughs> there's no civilization at all. Right. And and so a name is useless, especially also that she's living alone. Sure. And uh, and so she leaves, and then they leave together. Hillary Swank uh, grabs, a, um, breaks off a, a piece of the, uh, you know, a, a piece of furniture that that was in the the, um, the the lab that she was in when she was operated on, and she uses uh, the jagged edge as a weapon, and actually grabs daughter and holds this to her neck. Now, obviously, mother thinks that this is, you know, the her greatest you know, accomplishment and she doesn't want daughter to be hurt. Um, but she also calls the bluff too. And she knows, yeah, I forgot about that part. She knows yeah. that Hillary Swank isn't going to kill daughter. Woman isn't going to kill daughter. So she just opens the door and lets them out of the bunker. And then they escape together under the premise that Hillary Swank's character knows where there are other humans. And they're going to bring those humans back to the bunker in order to, you know, have a robust family life to bring them back. Um, and now, you know, the second um, that you, I'm sorry, going out of order here, but uh, there's also a new embryo that was added to the family and mother, you know, looks to daughter to help raise the family. You're right. And so now she has a quote. Ah, yes. Yes. And so she's oh, like, All right, yeah. we're going to bring these human beings from the caves back to the bunker and we're all going to be able to live together. And Hillary Swank's like, you don't understand. These droids are, are hunting and killing humans uh, out there. You know, there's no one else, you know, there's, you know, there's no one left except the people that, you know, I, I left that cave system for and all this other stuff. And so they escape the bunker and they're out in the wild. And you see like these ro um, autom automatons, these robots, um, you know, creating um you know a more fertile earth so she's like you know suddenly there's you know these cornfields or whatever and she's like this just sprouted up not too long ago and you know it's it's um you know they're they're create they're making these fields and raising crops and all this other stuff and so she's like you know this just happened recently and um you know there's uh these hunter killers it was very reminiscent of the you know this this flying ship like a hover ship that comes over them and passes over them it's very reminiscent of the hunter killers terminator in the terminator right. i'm like oh so there was some really cool references but uh you know so exactly it was it was cool references but done in a very intelligent logical creative way yeah, they that used those served the story well. right it, it, exactly it served the story it it wasn't just some knockoff it was it was you know, there was logic, there was reason for it, yeah. and and that's why I really liked it. And that that was the whole thing with this movie is it was just very, very well written. It was thought out. It it was intelligent, no and doubt. that's why. No doubt. And and honestly, like I, I thought there would be a bigger buzz about it. I thought it was an excellent. I mean, I really really enjoyed this. Yeah, I did too. The one of the very creepy scenes in this film happens, I guess, really close to the end of the third act, you know, the end of the film. And um, you know, Hillary Swank reveals that there are no human survivors. It's just her and daughter and that's it. And so daughter's like, "No, I have to go get my brother. We can't do this, you know." We, we have to go back. And she's like, no, I can't go back. You know, you don't understand. You don't know what those things do. Hillary Swank knows that, you know, that, you know, these androids don't necessarily have humanity's interests at heart. 
anyway, so... Um, sort of. Well... <laughs> they just have a very twisted view of what's good for humanity. Right. <laughs> I mean, as... But that's the thing, is that it's as a machine would, you know, or at least you'd imagine a machine to, to do it, is they're, they see us as as part of their programming is to, to you know, um, may to uh, cultivate either you know, the species but in a in a amoral way as you know it's not the, the individual really doesn't matter it's the species that matters and so yeah yeah there's this whole th- you know uh the end justifies the means attitude exactly. and that's a very logical approach and i don't know if the, the eradication of an entire species so we can start over again is necessarily the 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 best practice you know what i mean <laughs> yeah but, you uh, know i don't know does it <laughs> uh, daughter leaves hillary swank and and goes back to the bunker when she gets back to the bunker there's this you know this dark shroud of mist in the area and then she as she's walking closer a light from uh like a terminator um laser it hits her you know at the at her chest level and then she's like you know she puts her hands up and she's ready to speak and then suddenly there's two and then four and then there's like 16 and 20 of these lasers focused on her and then as she kind of walks in closer the fog kind of uh dissipates clears up and there's uh, an army of these uh robots these um droids with uh, these laser cannons or whatever the hell else that they have, and they're guarding the entrance to the bunker. And they look, uh, what I think if I remember correctly, they look identical to Mother. They do, but they're they're militant looking. They have weapons. Yes, and yes. So right. there's even a, a cannon, like a tank out there with them. And you're like, oh shit, it's going to yep. hit the fan now. And um, that was just really intimidating and creepy as hell and she's like i want to see mother i want to talk to her and they part and they let her in because they know her importance and then mother reveals her true importance and and her plan all along she tells her you know what she's done that she's basically not uh one of these androids she's all of the androids and you realize that you may kill one of these robots you may kill a hundred of them and there's more that will replace her and she's just an ai and she's controlling everything and then there's other things that i don't want to i don't want to completely you know give away everything but the the ending is is really very uh, interesting and ominous too. Uh, yes. and there's kind of like, um, the, an ultimate ending to this film that, uh, I really enjoyed. Like, let's just say Hillary Swank doesn't get to enjoy her freedom. <laughs> right. And, um, see, that's, I like, uh, the, the, thing that i really like about this movie also is of course you know everything about the execution the acting the writing everything was was great um but it it discusses ai how would an ai think you know what i mean um if we were to continue on the path of making that you know uh, as as they operate you know it's basically just a you know it's a machine it right 
basically just has its purpose and and it, and it executes. And so, if you were to take that to its to some kind of logical conclusion, it would behave like that, you know. Yep, exactly. And um, and and I think that's one of the great things about this is in this movie it discusses that, you know, and it's a valid discussion because we're doing it right now. I mean, there's AI that's able to do some amazing amazing things, including, you know, that they're using these things in the military. And so yes. makes you wonder. It really does. No, it, it does. And uh it, it you know poses these you know, in this case they don't they're not discussing the singularity, but these are things that we're kind of pushing towards as a species. I mean these are um the types of things that we as the human race need to be aware of that you know we we're uncertain of what it means to give a consciousness to a machine because machine have you seen <laughs> have you seen the um the spot uh the, those dog-like robots that yes. um the company boston dynamics you know you could buy one right you could buy one for I think seventy five thousand oh, dollars. They actually sell them. Yeah, yeah, that's it, right? But I mean, the thing is, is that like um, considering cell phones, remember how expensive they used to be when they first started out? Yeah. They were huge and bulky, and you couldn't text message, you couldn't do anything. Right. But now they're so they're ubiquitous. They're everywhere. And so the thing is, like, all right, there's a $75,000 robot that runs around, doesn't do anything. Yeah. In in 10 years, right, in <laughs> those 10 things years, are going to be everywhere. And you'll see them all over the place. Exactly. Probably even less, you know, right. and they could do a lot more. Like right now, all it does is just run around and it doesn't really do much. But, but that could be the soon. dog that actually fetches yep. your beer from the fridge or, you know, you joke around about doing chores and then it turns into, you know, your personal valet in the home. And that's how these types of things evolve. Uh, or maybe taking care of your kids. Yeah, well, all of these things are are pretty important, but I don't think we... Um, I don't think we think about this. I think it's a hubris issue. And the human mind is always like well we are the superior animal in this world and it's um i don't know i think it's going to be to our detriment that we look at things in this term because there it's a cpu and it's going to be able to think faster than we can it's going to be able to compute way faster than we can and it's going to think in terms of what's logical it's not going to think in terms of what's an emotional connection because there is not an emotion it's only going to think in terms of point a to point b this is the most logical step that we need to take even if it's on top of the child you know what i mean like we don't know yeah we don't know how an, an ai is going to actually evolve and think for itself well, I mean, all right. So we're sort of. I think this uh, movie it's it's great for opening up uh, dialogue for you know for uh, philosophical things, and you kind of think about also. All right, we're humans. We're so 
you know, we, we're moral and, and, and whatnot. And yet we have factory farms, for example. You know what I mean? Right. We sit there and put all these animals and, you know, have them lead these very torturous lives just so that they could be slaughtered in, in horrific ways so that we can eat them. You know what I mean? And so, you know, like if... It, we're having a discussion about these robots, you know, a robot that exterminates all humanities to restart again, and and we're doing similar things to the planet, to the to the, uh, you know, quote unquote lower life forms. So I agree. it's an interesting discussion to have. It is, it is, and uh, probably far headier than what we anticipated getting into, and uh, far longer than we also anticipated. I don't yeah, yeah, absolutely. But this was actually. <laughs> You know, guys, if you're listening, I Am Mother was a solid, solid film. If you're into sci-fi with horror elements, there's a lot of tension in this film, and the acting is superb. So, Omar, out of a scale how of many one batteries? to five, yeah. <laughs> how, many, how many CPUs? One to five. How many CPUs are you giving this? Honestly, I, I have to give it a solid five. I found nothing wrong in this movie. It was it was perfect. I thought it was excellent. Nice, well done. All right, I'm I'm not as uh, full on with this. I'm going to give it probably a four and a half. But uh, okay, fair enough. But it's it it is a little slow in the beginning, and it does t- you know maybe it 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 reveals the secret a little bit too soon. Like I would I wanted there to be a little bit more of um, making me feel like mother wasn't this sinister you know ai like i really wanted to feel like hillary swank was was just wrong and you know what i mean like i i just felt like maybe the reveal was too soon and was a little bit slow moving in the in the beginning but um all in all i think it's a great movie and you should definitely check it out i mean hell you can check it out for free uh online you can check it out on netflix and uh, i want to thank everybody for tuning in again uh, the Cinema Slaughter podcast. We're really moving forward with this. Um, you check out our website very soon. And uh, I want to thank Cooch from WebVantage LLC. You can check him out for all your website and e-commerce needs. It's webvantage.us. And, uh, yeah, he's a great guy, and you should definitely check it out. If you have any web hosting that you need to get taken care of, he's your man, and he'll do it at a great price. So uh, check them out. Anyone else you want to give a shout out to today? Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good, man. I, <laughs> are we forgetting anybody? I don't think so. I mean, we were. I was going to go into a couple other things today, but eh, you know what? We're. I think we're good to go. If you guys are on uh, social media, you can check us out on Instagram. It's cinema mm. underscore slaughter. We have some posts up there. Talk about our previous episodes. As these episodes are released, uh, you know we're online and posting a little blurb about it. So if you are a social media type person and you like posting online, there's definitely some discussions up there. What's your favorite horror movie? Uh, get in on it, and we we uh, really hope to create a dialogue and get people coming back and create a community. So thanks again for tuning in. We hope you like this movie, and more importantly, we hope you like Cinema Slaughter Podcast, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Rock and roll. Get to the chopper!